Our guidebook provides all the answers you never knew you sought on a variety of topics. While we may not have any credentials, expertise, or formal training on the topics we address, we do have some amusing anecdotes, and who knows, maybe you'll learn something along the way. This is what we call the Definitive Guide, and we are the Von Kuhlbergs. This episode is called Parental Embarrassment, and it may contain some adult language and themes. So you're equating me to a parrot with PTSD. I'm equating that story, which is not, which I think you you were intending as like a a humorous anecdote, as a it's a very sad story. Uh, and it's, well, I it's, I wasn't no, like I don't I don't find humor in it. I don't think it's funny. I think it's horrible and mortifying. But in hindsight, like I laugh at how horrible. I don't celebrate. There was no part of me that was proud or happy to receive that shirt. There was no part of me that was proud. I think I wore it. No, but what's the matter with your with your mother and your stepfather for not only the poor decision around buying it, but then forcing you to wear it in that setting? Hello. Hello, Armand. Michelle, it is it's an unexpected unexpected delight to see you today. Yeah, midday. I'm in a completely different industrial complex uh, than normal waiting for a different child to get out of a sporting event. Oh, well that works. I'm I'm sitting at home um, continuing to be unemployed. And full of free time. Well, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry that you're not getting a paycheck, and I am um, glad that you don't have to report to the to the man like a sucker all the time. Yeah, the state of Illinois is sending me a paycheck. Uh, unfortunately, it's like twenty percent of what I was making before, and actually just covers my. Cobra payments. So, oh, yes, I am sorry. I, I wouldn't. I, 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 I understand why and fully support why you wish to get out of this state. Yeah, not the state of of where we reside, Illinois, right. but the state of unemployment. But regardless, it's still a pleasure to be <laughs> podcasting with you. And it is a pleasure. It is Friday afternoon. Um, oh yeah. It is Friday. Uh, it's weird because it's Good Friday. I thought in my mind it was like Saturday, but I no, that's forgetting. That's the relevance of my being unemployed. Why I'm I'm available on a Friday afternoon. Uh, huh. Interesting. Um, I I uh, had something I thought we might want to talk about. This is something I just experienced. Yeah. And um, I'm dropping my son off at soccer. Mm-hmm. And uh, my son has never played uh, any sort of organized sport before. Him, he's in a rec league, and he's um, he's so he started taking like one-on-one individual lessons a couple months ago. He wanted to do that. He doesn't. He he had no experience playing soccer, but he wanted to try it. But he wanted. He knew he was behind, so he's like, "Can I do this 
place and there's a place close by us and uh, he's taking lessons and now he's in a rec league. He's starting it. And I think he knows that he's a little bit behind everybody else. So he was going in to work on some, some skills and I was telling him, you should tell your coach. He doesn't know that you're starting a rec league and you know, maybe they'll work on different things because um they work a lot on like foot skills and a little bit on passing, but I think they've worked mostly on his, his dominant foot and he probably needs to work a little on his other. And he's like, I will. I'm like, I don't know that you're going to do it. And he's like, no, I'll tell him. I'm like, I, I don't really, the way he was telling me, it was like, not really that he was going to do it. It was just stop talking, dad. That was kind of, <laughs> I don't yes. know if you're familiar with the stop well, talking. Get, yeah. Dad. That's the normal tone that I yeah. get. Yeah. He was communicating without the subtext. The subtext was stop talking. And I said, you know what? Uh, why don't I go in there and I'll just give him a piece of my mind and tell him what to do. And if he doesn't like it, I will throat punch him. And clearly I was not serious. I would not do any of that. And he's just like, no. Like he has <laughs> no, he, has, he finds me <laughs> absolutely, uh, completely unfunny. But does he... Do you, is he get angry at all? Or, or yeah, or he was angry. like he was he was irritated. He's it, well, he was irritated uh, with a few different things. But generally, when I joke with him, and there's often like, and I'm not the I'm not that parent that like embarrasses their child. Like, I mean, I t like occasionally I'll talk about doing things that are, but I've never done them. You know, I think I should have some some credibility. He's 13. I've never gone out of my way. The one time I've embarrassed him is uh, I was singing as I dropped him off at school one day and um, he was mortified. Even I'm like, there's nobody around to hear me. And he, he couldn't handle what I was saying. Like he's so ashamed and so embarrassed and I'm really struggling because I think, and maybe this is something that all parents think. I think I'm a pretty hip parent. Like I don't. Yeah, you're not. Um, <laughs> and I, I think uh, all kids probably do think their parents are not hip. I, I told him, I'm like, listen, because and this wasn't this time. It was another time where we were singing that funny. I'm like, people actually pay me to teach them how to write comedy. Like, I get I get money. I've been paid. I teach a couple classes. I, I was supposed to teach one like two weeks ago, but it got I got uh, COVID and it didn't have it didn't happen. I'm like, I know that I'm at least mildly funny, and he will not laugh at me to to. For any reason, no matter what, I get no, I get nothing. Yeah, and I so I guess I'm I don't find that surprising. I, I think that you're probably lucky if you just get a poker face or kind of the monotone thanks, and and you don't get, <laughs> will you shut up or stop it or the rolling of the eyes or the heavy sighing. Um, and I get some of that, but and I think most kids uh, don't find their parents funny, especially in public. Um, I certainly didn't. Well, my mom wasn't very funny to begin with, but it still isn't. But I, I, I was annoyed with her all the time. Um, my mom and I used to have arguments as to who was funnier. And she, since I was a teenager, she has insisted that she is funnier than I am. 
and I would say she's mildly funny. Like I would, on a scale of one to ten, I would, I'd give her a a five. But she yeah. also is responsible. I mean, when you want to talk about uh, parental embarrassment, um, I mean, she did some of. She was single handedly responsible for some of the most embarrassing moments in my life. I'm scarred by this one, this one moment in in particular, and it wasn't really her trying to be funny. It was. Um, I, it was just mortifying to me, you know. Um, so, I don't know how how long did your I, I guess as long as I've known you, your you know your mom. I never knew you when your mom was dating anybody. She was with your stepfather, right? So my mom went through dating and would do horrible things that would embarrass me. Like, and would, this is why I'd be ashamed of. Like, um, I had a ritual as a little kid where I would hug and kiss my mom goodnight. And occasionally she'd be dating some man and then she would insist I had to hug and kiss that man. And that was terrible. Forcing, Good. forcing that sort of affection was awful. Well, that's, I mean, I, I wonder if she would do that today, nowadays. It, that's, that's creepy stuff like you don't you don't have kids kiss a stranger or even hug a stranger it was often in the um in the service of trying to forge a deep her trying to forge a deeper relationship with whomever she was dating that some of the most embarrassing moments of my life occurred and i and i'm sure those men did not want that either um I don't know. Well, yes. So I'm going to talk. I'm going to bounce around here. Let me talk about one of the most horrible moments ever, ever. You remember malls used to be really popular when we were kids, right? I mean, you Northbrook Court was kind of a happening place when we were teenagers. They're they're on the rebound. They're they're coming back. Yeah. So they were, but I mean, that was there were a lot of people our age walking around there. I remember this. So I was. I was in high school, and I was not an attractive kid to begin with. Let's just say that. Come on. No, it's true. It's true. Come on. I appreciate appreciate the support, but I was overweight. I had braces, and I had a very enormous, unkempt Jufro. I have a hard time believing any teenager isn't in peak physical condition as and then especially you with your traditional good looks that you weren't you know i thank you for throwing me this bone i don't know how sincere it is oh i appreciate i appreciate that you're making the attempt but i was pretty self-conscious about my appearance although i and i wasn't yet doing any theater or comedy i was mostly like the jolly overweight class clown and okay. but it's sort of insecure about it, you know. My mom and one of the men she was dating um, went to New Orleans, and they came back and they brought us all like gifts and like my brother got some toy and some like, I don't know some chocolate or something like that, and my sister got some sort of costume and some you know something I you know from New Orleans New Orleans theme. And my stepfather goes to me like, I got you this. When I saw this, I knew I knew I had to get it for you because I, I knew you were the only person I know 
that had the guts to wear it. I'm like, oh, he's like, I, you know, I, I really like he put a lot of thought into this and effort. It was a white t-shirt, oversized white t-shirt, and in huge black black letters, it said, "Show me your tits." That was what it was, and and he was so proud of it. And then my mom took me aside and she's like, "You have to wear it." And I'm like, "I, I, there's no way I'm wearing it. Like, you have to wear it. It means so much to him. He thought about it. He thought about you. Like, he asked me. And then at the time, it didn't dawn on me. Like, so wait, he asked you and you didn't say no. Right. So, that's that's <laughs> where my head is going. Like, what was wrong with your mom? So, uh, so I had to wear it to Northbrook Court. We were. I don't know why we're going to Northbrook Court. Uh, they were doing some shopping, and for whatever reason, I was just this sad, lonely, mortified teenager forced to walk around Northbrook Court by myself. And like, I would walk past, uh, particularly girls, and I could see their eyes widen as they would read the shirt. And then, as I passed them, I could hear their the horrible, haunting, snickering laugh. The contemptuous laugh as I walked past, and and I couldn't take it off because I was overweight, and I didn't bring it, didn't bring another shirt. Um, and I just remember having to walk around that and just thinking about how how unhappy I was with my mother. And yeah, of that's course, a, that's, that's not a funny a, story. <laughs> no, it was terrible. It was <laughs> the most terrible story ever. It's a horrible story. Child, who does that? to their child um the 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 emotion that makes me feel inside (laughs) is is yucky but it's it's the equivalent to i i just saw this video on uh instagram and it was posted as something that was supposed to be funny and what it was was a parrot is is a parrot the type of bird that actually talks I believe so. I think a parrot and and parakeet, both of them. I think it was a parrot. It was big. It was a big. Yeah. It was a parrot, and this guy, um, it was standing on a perch, and a guy was smashing, like stomping on the the cage that the parrot was normally in, and the, as he's doing it, the parrot is is screaming, "What the fuck are you doing?" and "Shut the fuck up!" and 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 using the n word and you stupid mother effer and, and like the parrot is screaming this very clearly and very audibly as the guy is stomping on it and it's the guy is laughing but like clearly this parrot had a very traumatic like parrots only learn from what they're hearing right like this parrot was in a horrible situation horrible people and i was like that is i I watch this video thinking like that's not funny at all like i feel (laughs) the parrot is like traumatized so you're equating me to a parrot with ptsd i'm equating that story which is not which i think you you were intending as like a a humorous anecdote as a it's a very sad story well i i wasn't no, like I don't, I don't find humor in it. I don't think it's funny. I think it's horrible and mortifying. But in hindsight, like I laugh at how horrible. It is. I don't celebrate. There was no part of me that was proud 
or happy to receive that shirt. There was no part of me that was proud. I think I wore it. No, but what's the matter with your with your mother and your stepfather for not only the poor decision around buying it, but then forcing you to wear it in that setting? I think that they thought There's a lack that... of any sort of empathy there. <laughs> I, I think they thought that there was like something in me that would turn that into like a funny comedy moment. I also think that um, there was a generational thing that was going, but like this, this man was always problematic. I've talked about him on, on stage. Yes. Before. He's problematic, but you're, you're... <laughs> my mom is no better. My mom empowered him. Yeah. So I, I have, a, I play a memory in my head of, my son, my oldest son is into music. He has long hair, and which started probably around the time he was 14, kind of like freshman year of high school. And it was like, I think the summer of his freshman year, we went to like Great Clips. And he uh, was at the point where I'm like telling him, look, you're old enough. You go and tell them what you want your haircut to be. You know what it is. And I, I'm not going to go back there with you. And he tells them, he wants like a number four trim all the way around, but he meant on the sides and he wanted it long on top. And the guy just started chopping hair off. And I finally looked up and saw, and he just turns and looks at me with this really wow. short hair. Like I knew he was, and he had this horrible expression on his face. And so that's now like four years ago and it was a haircut, right? Obviously his hair grows back. So it wasn't like a permanent, but like, I still feel so bad for him <laughs> thinking about like how upset he was and it was a lesson we turned it into a lesson like you got to speak up for yourself and blah, blah, blah. but like i that makes me cringe and now to think that i would do something intentionally to my son <laughs> yes. to go out in public and humiliate him is like i can't even i can't even contemplate you're you're you're, you're now you're making me feel bad my but i'm gonna say this that that both of my parents seem to be missing that that point. I my my dad would do things. I don't know. See that that one was bad, but that was probably uncharacteristic. I don't think my mom. Um, they had just come back from New Orleans, and everybody I think was wearing things like that or yelling. I think that they were not. Um, her baseline had been had been slightly skewed. So I think that's it because my my mom uh, generally wouldn't uh, do things. Well, maybe she would. I take it back. She, you know what? Um, occasionally, um, my mom would come home with the phone number of a waitress or somebody that she met that she would tell me was so cute and so darling and would like wouldn't stop until I would call them and and invariably every single time none of these people wanted to talk to me. I remember there was <laughs> there was something wrong with your mom. I never knew all these things. <laughs> there was a wait. This is where so there was a woman um that that she taught with that and somehow she had told this woman about how great I was like built me up to this woman and then told me I had to meet with her and um that we were going to get, just go out for coffee and whatever, and just have some fun. And there's no pressure. And when I met this woman, first of all, um, she was probably a 10, <laughs> I'd say that, of physical appearance. And I would say on a good day, I was 
you're like a six and a half, <laughs> you know, like that. So I could see the disappointment in her eyes the moment there, and then I knew I had to, I had to sit with her and and talk to her, and um, I was so angry at my mom for arranging this. I guess it's nice that she thought I was in this woman's uh, league, um, but we sat and we talked, um, and she then. She was incredibly shallow person. All she did is talk about how great she was. She was a great, how great an educator she was, all these things that made her so great. And then um, I, I, it couldn't have ended enough. I was never calling her. I knew she wasn't going to call me, but actually just to give you an idea of, of her and me, she did call me about a month later. I hadn't heard probably even longer, like five weeks later. And, um, told me that she was moving and she would buy me pizza if I wanted to come over and help move her out of her apartment. Did you do it? No, I had too, I had too much dignity, but my mom, my mom clearly did not appreciate my, my taste in, in, you know, potential partners, life partners. And, um, but I guess um, in her eyes, thought I I was a good match for this person. Yeah. So Although, I mean, to me that that indicates that she thought that you were in her league for sure, and and of course she thinks you're fabulous, and she thought this girl was fabulous. And but the lack of awareness around trying to set up your son and and how embarrassing that is is a disturbing pattern that's emerging. <laughs> With your mother that I didn't you know. Clearer, you're getting a clearer picture of who I am and why I am the way I am now. I think you have fuel for the next time she tells you how funny you are to say, I, I don't know that you're aware enough of yourself to be funny because you, you're – and you have these examples of complete lack of awareness. <laughs> I got – you want some more? I got, I got more of them if you want more. Uh, before you do, all I can say is that, like, my grandparents used to do stuff like that, like the, like, get numbers or, like, talk to people. I'm like, like, Grandma, some random person that you know or you met, why on earth do you think I'm going to call that person? Right? Like, yeah. that's horribly embarrassing. See, I oftentimes, I would, I don't know why, I don't get me, like, there was, my mom had an, an, an a, a, like, a, a booth she paid for like a booth in an antique mall where she would antique and she met some woman there and kept making me call her and trying to and and this woman clearly had no interest in me and but my mom was relentless so i would call i wouldn't i wouldn't stop calling um and my point is i don't do anything like this to any of my children i do nothing but like try and bolster them and pick them up and be supportive and uh, nothing to, to like my son is, I know he's feeling, he wants to do something athletic, um, and doesn't feel that he is good enough because he was, he never played any sports as a kid. He kind of wants to now, I think, cause a lot of his friends are. So I'm trying to help him. We're trying to find like somebody to teach him some basics. Um, so he could do it. And he, openly is ashamed of me and speaks in a way that I never spoke to my parents who did this whole who tortured me basically. Uh, and I'm, I'm perplexed. I'm perplexed by the whole thing. Well, what's also, I think interesting is that I'm sure 
he, he doesn't think that way about his friend's parents. And I think his friends probably don't think that way about you, but there's something about your own parent that yeah. is for whatever reason, so embarrassing. He told me that his friends say that I, that he has the coolest dad because I, right. I also play video games. Like that's all I need is I, cause I play video games and if I've occasionally jumped into their video. I can't play their, you know, they play like these first person shooter games and they move way too fast for me. And so they immediately kill me and they think that's hilarious. And I pretend, I pretend to be outraged, but they, they, they all tell him that, but he is incredibly embarrassed of me. Yeah. My, my younger son's friends, like when I go somewhere, they're like, Mr. Von Kuhlberg, Mr. Von Kuhlberg. And, <laughs> and they tell me, both of my kids tell me that their friends refer to me in, with my first name. Yeah. And, and I said, well, how do they refer to other parents? They say, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so. I'm like, so why do they think that I should, that I'm Michelle? Like, why do they? And he's like, I don't know. They just, that's how they always refer to you. Are you going to Michelle's house tonight? And yeah, it, 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 it does bother. And my daughter is not the same degree. I mean, my, actually my daughter will put me too, too much. So like I joked something like with her friend, I don't know. She was saying something with her. I always tell her friends that they're grounded. Like if they say something and like, my daughter likes to be the middle person and like the messenger and tell them that. So she'll be talking to someone and text or social media and she'll keep going. And I finally had to tell her like, listen, we can't keep doing that because while I like joking with them, like it's going to get to the point where <laughs> they, they just think they can come over and throw a few F bombs in my way. And I still need to sort of maintain some sort of parental, <laughs> you know, authority and things like that. So I'm like, I, I do like joking with them and I'm happy to do it like a little bit, but I don't want them to feel like they can just call me up when they're bored and like, right. we'll you don't want them to get too comfortable. Right. So I had to tell her that, but she is like, she's more, uh, she knows I'm not an athlete and she's a big athlete. And I think that's where she gets a little bit embarrassed. Although I think she's also appreciative, like, cause her mom is super into sport. You, you know, do you know, a lot of parents know about this. I don't know if you've ever done that. The dreaded, car ride to and from like travel sports where a parent just kind of doesn't like look it's usually before the game like my wife tells my daughter all the things she needs to do and focus on and concentrate uh so i've always tried to be a balance so like when my wife tells her a bunch of things uh i will come up with a bunch of rules and my rules are always like ridiculous um and usually always one of my rules every time is i tell her like if the ball, if somebody misses the ball and it goes into the corn, do not go after it and never tell anybody you're Jewish. Like those are the two rules that I, so I always try and make my daughter laugh and balance uh, that, out, which doesn't, it doesn't make my wife happy, but I think she's a little over the top. Well, so she doesn't make you happy and you don't make her happy. <laughs> that's, great, that's good balance. I think That's called marriage. <laughs> when i drive my kids around and i don't anymore because they both now have their driver's license and access to a vehicle <clears throat> but before that happened um i would never speak like i would just sit quiet and i would listen to them talk unfortunately sometimes as they got older they would sit also sit in silence which was a little awkward and sometimes then i yeah. would speak but otherwise like Normally, if I'm just in a car with either the kids, I'm always talking. I'm asking questions. I'm making jokes. I'm whatever. 
Um, and I, if they have friends, I will, I'm like an Uber driver. I'm just quiet and I'm doing my job and I'm listening to what they're talking about. Yeah. My, so there was some practice. I had to drive my daughter and two So my daughter's a pitcher. The, uh, uh, another girl was there catching for her at a pitching lesson. And then there was like a third girl who was just there and needed a ride. And they were all sitting in the back, not speaking. And it was so awkward that I decided to fill the silence. And I told like some funny story about my classroom. I was just talking about like teaching and like a funny thing that my, my students did. And after I dropped them off to practice and after the practice, my daughter got in the car and was furious with me and told me I am not to tell stories like that to her teammates and friends. I embarrassed her. And I was really, I was so hurt. <laughs> it wasn't even a bad story. And she like lit into me. And I thought I might push this person out of the moving vehicle, like walk if I'm that embarrassing. But uh, I didn't, I didn't do that. I'm proud yeah. to say. My, so I, my, I remember my mom getting very annoyed when I would get embarrassed or whatever, she would get very annoyed. And so I have, I think we've talked before. I, I've seen this kind of slow progression of turning into my mom in particular, my who I grew up with mostly. And um, I see now when my kids get annoyed with me and I'm feeling like that's completely unjustified. It's completely unjustified that you're being embarrassed right now, right? Like there might be legitimate reasons why you would. This is not one of those times. Um, and, and it's kind of like that sense of becoming your parent. Yeah. I just feel, you know what, I guess they don't have the benefit of knowing what I went through. Cause I think comparatively they, they <laughs> like, uh, you know, people that are terrible, like who's the worst person you've ever seen in a restaurant in tour in terms of like treating other people, treating the server. Um, I mean, I know a story that you can tell, but <laughs> right. My, my, stepfather who was by the way the same gentleman that gave me that i guess that says my mom married that guy she did divorce him but he was so beyond the pale um in restaurants the most embarrassing person ever because first of all his food his food choices were horrifying the way he ate like he had to Everything, nothing was ever spiced enough for him. And at one time, and he would just send things back nonstop. And and he was rude and he would fight with the chef. He would fight with other people. And the, one of the most uh, amazing things I ever saw, we were like at uh, uh, Maggiano's and like the Maggiano's Corner Bakery. They used to kind of be together. And we're in the Corner Bakery section and he got some food he didn't like, wasn't prepared. And he literally turned to a table of four people were eating. Four people were eating at this table. The table was full. Now imagine this. The table was full. He turned with his food because he hated it so much and just placed it on their table while they were eating. What did they say? Uh, <laughs> they were furious. It turned into like a big fight. They started swearing like, what the F are you doing? And he's like, I don't like this food. And like, and there was no, there was, they were like, I, I think they wanted, like, if they were calmer, they would have been like, so why are you placing it on our table in the middle of our meal? Um, but um, he was so, it was so unhappy and so angry. 
Right now, but what what was his rationale? What was do you think he? What do you think he was thinking? Like why that was acceptable to put his food on someone else's table? I believe he thought so highly of himself that he was entitled. And the same person, I would be embarrassed him. Like he would give me rides to work in my early twenties, my first job. Like, and there'd be terrible traffic. There'd be terrible traffic, and there'd be like a line of cars. Let's say there's. 55, 60 cars waiting to turn off in this traffic, like the line. He was a guy that would drive all the way past, like in the other lane, all the way past all 60 cars and then just turn into that lane and cut them all off <laughs> to get off. He was that that guy. So it was just entitlement. Yes. Beyond, and a level I've never seen. Yeah, I mean. I've never seen before or since. I've seen people, I've seen people cut off others in their car. I've never seen someone be unhappy with their food and just lay it on someone else's table. Like <laughs> that, that is, that is a degree of well, and entitlement that is, that's hard to even imagine. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's why that's the guy who gave me that shirt. I mean, that's, he just had no awareness. He thought it was funny. So it was funny. Like there was no other possibility of that right. not being funny, um, but he he was more and he would do things like that non nonstop and would constantly embarrass me and constantly shame me and um, would make servers cry and would mean like and I got in trouble once because he was so angry at was <laughs> at a restaurant you and I have been to in in uh in a mall nearby us that restaurant's not there um he had such bad he thought the service was so bad and then really their server was just couldn't comprehend it and he would want such a horrible meal like they because he kept demanding more onions and raw onions until basically he just wanted a uh an onion covered in pepper and onion powder. Like that's what, like, there's just no way there was pleasing him. He left a quarter as a tip. And I was so embarrassed by his behavior <laughs> that I went back and I, and I didn't have a lot of money at that time. I was just starting out. It might've been my first job. And I left them like a $20 tip on probably what was like a $45, $50 bill at that time. And he and my mom found out because like, where would you go? And I'm like, I, I put down, I gave him a tip. And he he went off on me in the parking lot, started calling me names that I, I won't even repeat. <laughs> they were so they're so inappropriate. So I don't do any of that to my children. So I feel that because of that, I, I that I should get a little bit like, oh, my dad's not so bad. But I recognize they have don't have that frame of reference. So I guess what I need to make them do is listen to our podcast more. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. There is no solution to this issue, right? Because I just think your kids are, and generally kids find their parents embarrassing. They have no concept of what really being embarrassed would look like, right. to your point. And, um, but I don't know. I don't know that there's a solution to that. Immersion therapy, I think that's what it's called. Is I'm going to uh, I'm going to <laughs> demonstrate to them what total embarrassment is, and then maybe they'll appreciate. Me. I think when they get older, they'll appreciate. Yeah, they'll, they'll you know they remember like oh you know my dad was actually pretty fun and funny and yeah, um, but I'm an older parent, so I guess they'll they'll just put that on my tombstone. <laughs> like, ah, he wasn't so bad. 
and you're also I would say is um, I did things more to my kids when they were younger, right. and I've I've stopped I've pulled back as they've gotten older. So for example, when they were in elementary school, their schools were every three years, so three through five. When I would drop them off and they would start walking away, I would lower my window and scream like as loud as I could, peace, like in a really deep, like peace. And like so loud that everybody outside would stop and look. And they found it mildly amusing. Like it would scare them the first couple of times it like startled them and they would look and but they found it mildly. I would never do that. Like once I got to high school, or even like junior high, I would never do that to them. And I think probably now they can remember because they were less embarrassed back then, right? Because right. they were, and and as I've gotten older, or as they've gotten older, I've been more focused on not being like my mom. Yeah. Well, there you go. I guess that's our takeaway for today in this definitive guide to shaming and not shaming your kid is don't be like our parents. Don't be like your parents, mostly. <laughs> especially, especially, don't be like Armand's parents. And I'll, I'll, I'll give a guidebook. I'll come up with more examples of, of what my of parents- horrible, horrible parenting that your mother has done. And, and at some point, we're gonna have to bring her on as a guest. <laughs> uh, oh, she would deny all of it. She would deny all of it. She, my mom, would uh, is insane about respect. She would tell me I was disrespecting her. Like when I call her or if she calls me and I'm like, hey, mom, if I don't sound excited enough to talk to her, she gets angry. She said, you've got a tone. I don't have the type of stuff you're describing for many people would create serial killers. (laughs) See, and comparatively, I mean, I might be a little colorful. I think considering my background, I'm I'm relatively a okay. The fact that you didn't murder your stepfather. Yeah, or that, anyone. That's a huge character plus. I mean, you should put that on a resume. <laughs> All right. Um, it's been a pleasure catching up with you on this Friday afternoon. Always. From the industrial park. Always. Thank you for thank you for agreeing to meet me here virtually in this space. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And until next time. Until next time. I'm Armand von Kuhlberg. So I'm Michelle von Kuhlberg. Peace.